Good morning. Just want to thank everybody for being here this morning uh, to um, listen to our seminar from Liz Miller, um, who is going to be talking about frauds and scams. Uh, this is our third seminar uh, from our transitions team. Uh, our first one was on Medicare um, versus um, Medicare Advantage plans. And then we also just recently did um, healthcare, um, home healthcare options. Um, so this is our third. Uh, we will be having um, at least um, another one in October, and then we believe in January and next March as well. So we are starting to make them more regular uh, within um, our meetings. Um, I just wanted to thank our transitions team, Becky Ham as well as Suzanne Whitney and Sue Ellison, my mom over there, Nancy Diller, <laughs> um, as well as um, Pastor John um, and Annette Saxer. She was not able to be here today. Um, so I just wanted to thank them for helping to put this together. Um, and I also want to give this over to Pastor Patrick to have him open us in prayer. Yeah, I was asked to contact you and let you know that uh, they've been trying to get in touch with you about your car warranty. So, see me afterwards. No, we really appreciate this opportunity to gather together. Liz, thank you for being here. And just want to let you know, closed caption, I got word from Jim Robinson this morning that Judy Malone had her surgery and everything has gone well. She is in recovery, and so we're glad to get that word. Let's pray together. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day, and we thank you that uh, we're gathered here for a uh, to be able to receive information that we pray will be blessed of you to be helpful to protect us and to enable us to help others, especially those who are vulnerable to scams and frauds and all kinds of malevolence. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would bless us to be wise and discerning. Thank you for Liz and her knowledge and expertise, and we just pray that you'll bless this whole event, that you'll be glorified and in some way use it to advance your kingdom. For we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus.
20% of breaches in 2022 were cloud-based breaches, internet-based breaches. Um, and you can see the others here. Biggest one on the bottom, and that's why we're here today, 95% of those happened because of our errors, things we did that did not keep our information secure, and actually may have let someone not only breach our information, but lots of other people's too. Once they get in, they can find their way all through a network attacks. We know that older Americans are a target, no surprise, right? But in 2021, Americans 60 and older reported 100,000 incidents. Seniors are the most targeted over your phone. How many of you think you've had a phone call that was, you know, a scam or fraudulent, right? Of course, every, everyone here. Um, your young adult grandchildren aren't getting that annoying phone calls, so they're definitely targeting you. We're officially apparently coming out of the COVID pandemic. But you still may be getting some of those scams, calls, mailings, things um, related to COVID-19 that have led to things like fake charities looking in the mail to help out, fake COVID testing, um, or payments that weren't necessary. We talked about it, uh, Pastor Patrick said, of, you know, fraud, scams, and identity. That's what we were talking about. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is talk about five ways to protect your finances and your identity. These are just some best practices. The first one maybe doesn't seem like it's cyber related, but let's just start here with how to organize and secure our records in the best way at the moment. First of all, you want to actually secure, and we can talk about that in a second, what I call vital records. These are documents that are really difficult to replace if anything happened to them. Anyone lose documents in flooding from Ian? Yeah. I mean, those who did, it's just a big hassle to try to replace some of these things. So sometimes it's as simple as a small waterproof vault in your home. Um, it could be a safety deposit box, but just be aware that a safety deposit box not in both your names, uh, if one of you passes, a bank may often make it extremely difficult for you to get into that safety deposit box, and they can freeze it for an extended amount of time. So I actually caution people, the safety deposit box may not be the best place for vital records. Uh, if you are a little bit more technical, scanning and having a scanned copy of birth certificates, military records, those things, is not such a bad thing for backup. Then we get to what I call permanent files. These don't have to be secured as much, but you definitely want to file where it belongs to them. And we've got the list here. I know you all have handouts, and so sometimes I'm not going to be reading the screen completely, but you can see for yourself some of these that we consider permanent ones. Um, and these are ones that, um, as we said, you know, if you had to, you could get there, but they're just uh, informational that you have. Here's where we are at the most privacy risk, fraud risk. It's those everyday recurring documents that maybe you throw out in the trash. Let's not do that anymore. Maybe you just leave sitting around that a cleaning person easily can just milk the mail. 
best practice for these is to shred them. I know Benita has a shredding day once or twice a year, but you also, of course, can very inexpensively these days get a little home shredder. What's in your wallet? We all know about that, right? Do you know the information that's in your wallet? Make copies of those. Have them someplace else. Make a copy of the driver's license, the social security card, the Medicare card, whatever it is that you keep in your wallets, keep a duplicate of it somewhere. You're traveling, you're on a plane, you're overseas, your wallet is gone, and you're trying to remember what's in it. Add it someplace else as well so you always know what's in there. When you are traveling, it's a really good rule of thumb to make a copy of all the things you're traveling with and have them someplace else in your pocket as well. And then finally, we talk a lot, and this is a little bit tangential, this is another pro I give to you, um, but uh, someone was just telling me and sharing with me that uh, they had a list of information from their husband. In our firm, we call it your critical information, all centralized in one place. We have a booklet, uh, it's online, a PDF. If you would like the booklet, you can uh, later fill out one of these forms and just write across a critical organizer and we'll mail it to you for free for free. You can go online and you'll see that I have some resources for you and find them with Amazon. What I'm talking about is some type of physical or online organizer where you're going to put in there, where is the location of the military records or birth certificate? One place that each of you can go to, a child can go to, whoever you want to have access or know about it, can find all your important information in one place. And I'm not talking about passwords, I'm talking about where do we find the insurance policy, where do we find the bank statements, where do we find, like I said, the, you know, the military statement, the birth certificate, the marriage license, all of those kinds of who is the first call when you have a concern? So these can be very useful, and this is just a plug that uh, we're not you know, talking about audit or not. Uh, it's very important to have a centralized place for this information that you can share with people in an emergency. Let's let's step it up a little bit from there and talk about just monitoring your credit card that's on auto pay to your bank account. Okay. And of you, how many of you still make sure you look at that statement of charges every month? Okay. Really important. Credit cards, as most of us know now, are quite good in terms of fraud. They alert us, they cover fraud. You know, we, we don't have the problems we had even a decade ago. They're usually all on top of that. Some of the things you can do is with most enable an email or a text alert when they think there's something fraudulent. Some of them are going to do it to you anyway. But before that even happens, you should be really looking at that statement every month, even if it's on auto pay, because there's things that are going to slip through that they don't think are fraudulent that could be. And as we see in the example, you know, I've never been to Jersey City. How did I get back there? It's really easy for the ones that, you know, 
where you just bought something the product department's pretty much done. But there are some that are worth something that they made with all these companies. Beware of stickers. This is not as prevalent as it was because we're catching on to it. Uh, but if you go to an ATM of any kind, just take a second. You wouldn't even notice it. They have these things built overlay. information as you put it in. You wouldn't notice it unless you made a habit to just check that this doesn't wiggle. Let me just check this really looks like it's part of this ATM. Um, and it's a great way to just, like I said, it's not as prevalent as it was, but every once in a while it's still out there and you can easily check for it if you're going to an ATM with the cash. Obviously, Right. 
difference to us if you do it with one? Does it go across all three? Unfortunately, no. You do have to go to all three companies. Like I said, we follow the steps the first time. It might be a little confusing, but I promise you it's easy to manage from there. And if you are making a big purchase for someone's got to check your credit, a car, a house, then you might start asking people when you're doing a transaction, do you need to check your credit? It's very easy to go and now they make it, maybe it's easier. Now you can go to it and it'll say, list for a week, list for 10 days, right? And it'll put it right back in there. So you don't have to keep going back and forth. You can just say, I know someone needs to check that for this purchase I'm making. Very important way to protect yourself. Back to two-step verification. Everyone know what two-step verification is when I use that phrase? You're all doing it anyway. It's the one now where you go to log on and it says I'm sending you a text, right? Enter this text code. But you can proactively add this a number of places. And for all of your financial accounts, you should. A lot of them, like I said, Charles Schwab, Gmail, Facebook, even, um, always have. recognition, you know, like my face ID on my phone. Um, that is as safe and might be safer than whatever password you're using. Uh, we're all going to find articles where you can find that facial recognition has its limitations, as does the finger tap. But again, better than where we were, right? A password and facial recognition, certainly safer than on the other one. Like I would never tell you these are foolproof. And we're going to talk about passwords, which is the biggest risk of all passwords. Um, what I want to introduce you to is the idea that there are apps, if you're a little more tech savvy, there are apps you can put on your phone. Authy is one of them, Google Authenticator, uh, where in one place on your phone, it will generate for you random two-step verification codes for all different apps. So for example, this screenshot, is my, my little pointer isn't working. Um, the screenshot there where it says 410192, right? That's a phone picture of the app Authy. So Authy, if you look at the bottom here, allows you to connect a two-step to all these different so that when you do log into Gmail, it prompts you for the authentication code, and you go to Authy and click on Gmail, and it gives you a randomly generated code that you enter. Some, if you are Gmail users or Hotmail users, any of those really big, wide-scale internet email, I highly recommend you add another level of regular authentication. If you these applications are very nice to have. If you don't, and getting a text to your phone is easy, go for it. Don't worry about that. But as you all know, you know when you're on a six-hour flight, you can't get stuck to this. And so these applications allow you to still do that two-step verification and get 
Google Net is one. Google Authenticator. Authy is one. Microsoft has one. These are all apps for your phone. They're not going to be on your computer. They're going to be on your phone or your tablet, okay? Because it's, it's replacing that same idea of text to something on a different device. Anyone here use any, ever use one of these applications? You like it? Good stuff. what the email really is. 
Here's another one. This one, the email showed up. So again, like depending on if you're in Gmail or you're in Outlook or Hotmail, they all look a little different. This one, I could see it. It said it came from me. So let me share this with you. That it came from Liz Miller. But you can see right next to it in a long list of numbers. Inside Scoop. thing you do when you get something from Chase that doesn't look 
best practices for these emails, just to summarize them, right? Never respond to anything that asks you to verify their identity within the email. Um, change your password anyway. If someone's spamming or emailing you to verify a password, just go change your password. Why not? You don't know what else they have found on you already. It's a great practice. Go directly to that online account. We've talked about that. Now, here's a little other trick, because more and more, and I've heard about people kind of clicking in just to go to the website instead of going directly, and it takes them to a website that looks almost identical to the real website. One of the ways you're going to know the difference is in the small print. And it's a small print on your page, and it's small print here. When we go to Okay, let's talk on this first step a little bit more about 
this is on articles this year, kind of talking about the risks of those. And I want to clarify that, because I actually want to tell you, these are actually the safest way to pay. Safer than using your credit card, much safer than using a check. Check fraud has exploded again. Good old-fashioned check fraud. You know why? I hate to say it, the only people writing checks are older Americans. And, you know, years ago, banks were the banks were vigilant, right? They really checked the signature. They'd hold the check going, this doesn't look like the signature we had on file. They don't do that anymore. You didn't cash anything. <laughs> and then you have to go in and, you know, they will cover a fraudulent check. But I will tell you, it is very difficult. You have to go in, you have to get a picture of the check, you have to prove, look, that's a real signature. There are many, many more steps. So if you are still writing Oh, 
practices. Obviously, your risks are in your devices are lost or stolen. And in any scams, a lot of the scams are going to be done by these days. Um, so we'll talk more about that. Weak passwords we're going to talk about. Using public Wi-Fi we're going to talk about. At the bottom is human error, which is why I'm here today. All of the above. What we do to make it easy. Yeah. What if you've been caught box over here with all 
it's not a joke. I mean, that, that is, that is the top five passwords people use across the country as their password. Okay. Um, strong passwords are going to be at least eight characters long. It's going to be a mix of upper and lower case numbers.
Google has built it into Chrome, and Safari has built it into Safari. I prefer that you use a third party, and I'm gonna tell you why, but if the alternative is you use nothing, then yes, use the Google thing, okay? A third party one, um, with Google, your, your stuff is being stored along with everything else at Google, and it's only on probably your laptop. You're not gonna be able to sync it to your phone or your tablet unless you launch a browser on those, right? These applications, um, you create them on your laptop, but you can set them up to sync with a tablet and a phone, so when you're on the go, you not only can use them to unlock the apps on your phone, but if you're sitting in the bank and you need that information, you can bring it up on your phone and give it to the person at the bank, okay? So the way these work is it is a uh, subscription model for years, and they have a free version, I should tell you. They have a free version. The full version includes things like categories and secure notes, They also have versions for the family, which I highly recommend. So we have a family version. My husband and I have a vault that's shared for the two of us. And I have a personal vault for things he doesn't need to get into. But we also have a family vault for things that, God forbid, we want our daughters to be able to access for us. Okay? So on a family plan, which don't have This all makes sense, but it's really vague, right? You're like, I get it, but I have no clue what she's talking about. That's okay. Here's what it looks like in practice. What you are looking at is the Charles Schwab website. Up at the right, that arrow is pointing to a little icon that happens to be the one password icon. When I go to log into Schwab, I have that same icon and immediately it drops down showing me my saved passwords to the site. And if I've never been to the site and are now pulling yellow sticky number five and typing in my Schwab username and password, as I do it, it's going to pop up and prompt me, do you want me to save that password? And I say yes. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the website of Keeper or One Password. I happen to use One Password, so that's why I'm using that. Uh, you may have members of your family when you go home and say, hey, you want to use a password manager, then they have a favorite. You're going to go to the website. You're going to sign up and create your account. Okay? They're going to walk you through the app. You do it on the internet. They're going to walk you through downloading the app to your laptop and adding it as what's known as extension to your browser. It has directions it's going to walk you through. The first thing you're going to do is you're just going to start saying yes every time you go to the existing website and just let it save your current passwords. Don't 
This tells me all my passwords are gone. <laughs> Just start saving them. And once you have saved a lot of them, when you then go back the next time to swab, do not do downtime. Go to security or swab and update your password. And then the password manager will prompt you with a string of goggles company. 
tell you, they're not going to say, we just hatched this hole we didn't know about that someone prompted us. All of your browsers, check for updates. Chrome gives it to you in the upper right corner, update. Don't let it sit there for two weeks before you click it. As soon as you see it, let it reboot and put its updates in. Edge and Firefox, too, that's what those three logos were. If it doesn't prompt you, regularly go under the Help button, and it'll even just say Check for Updates. Do that regularly. Make sure you've got the latest software. So the question was including Windows 11. We just talked about Windows and Microsoft. If you have it set for Microsoft to automatically update, it's going to do that. And actually, I think that's what I have down here. Set up your automatic updates on all your settings. Windows will do it for you. Don't ever let Windows not be an automatic update. You will surely be at risk. Excuse me? So all operating systems. Always update your operating systems when prompted. I think there's one going through. Right now, Mac has one going through all its equipment. Um, but Windows regularly gets to on its equipment. So yeah, that's the second one. Put automatic updates. That should be your default setting on all those operating systems. The most common attacks are going to come through your browser. Microsoft Windows, if it wasn't up to date. And this little known piece of software that you probably have and don't know about called Java. Now, if you're on a PC, Windows Defender is going to catch that and update it as part of this. If you're on a Mac, um, you're usually prompted, but check your settings icon every once in a while, and you'll be that little number, red number one, that there's an update for Java, and make sure you put it through. Those are the number one ways they get updated, and as I said, update your phone too. was if there's anything going on with Java and Windows that would prohibit an update. I'm not aware of anything. If you have a specific situation, why don't you come up here? We'll, we'll talk at the end if there's something going on in specific that you're noticing. Back up your computer. There's a couple of ways to do this. You can do it physically with something called a backup drive, an external hard drive. They're about the size of a credit card. You can get them from under $100 to a couple hundred dollars on Amazon depending on how big. You just plug it into the side like we all have, and on a Mac you set it up on the time machine.
you might just want to have an arrangement with Dropbox, OneDrive, or iCloud. Your Windows machine comes with a bit of OneDrive access. We all know, you know, you can get a free Dropbox subscription up to a certain amount. Same with iCloud. If you need more storage, you can pay a little bit more. Are these all secure? Well, they're probably a lot more secure than anything else we're doing at home. We've all heard of Set up a virtual private network with some personal settings if you are tech. 
it does affect how well you get data usage, right? What you can access, but it has nothing to do with secure. Watching a movie off of that is fine. If you, since you're in the air, you are rarely going to have satellite feed. You're in a very closed environment. What I can't tell you is that someone eight rows back isn't getting the information. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. But it's not going to. I'm not sure. Most of them are actually provided by Boingo. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I'll look into what the security of that is. Because um, that is more and more uh, going on. Okay, let's talk about the router. Do you know what a router is? <laughs> it's the piece of equipment that Comcast or uh, Verizon or whoever you use came and put in your uh, phone. Uh, they probably set it up for you. They may or may not have told you that you can access it on the internet to check the settings. And they may or may not have told you the password on it. It might have a sticker on it with a password. You may have gone to Best Buy and gotten your own Linksys Also, really want to always say, be thoughtful about posting pictures of children. 
grandchildren and children. First of all, I would never post a picture of a grandchild without asking the child first. I never posted a picture of my children until they were grown adults. And I would have been upset if my parents had done that without asking me. So just be thoughtful about that, okay? They may be very purposefully protecting the online presence of young children. Um, a little bit of social network savvy. Facebook Marketplace, which is very popular right now, great place to swap things, sell things, buy things. It's also a hotbed of problems. Lots of scams. So if you are gonna be a part of it, just tread carefully. Verify identities. Don't pay things ahead of time. You know, just be very thoughtful how you're using it. Um, be selective with your friend requests and use that in-app messaging cautiously. You don't have to turn on in-app messaging in Facebook. You can be a Facebook user and never touch the messaging at all. Messaging is another source of a lot of problems through Facebook. Um, just a couple of things going on. Beware of fake accounts, right? AI exploding, we all are hearing. You can fake my voice, you can put together, you know, someone take this to the screen and create an entirely different presentation with it telling you, you know, to go rob people or whatever, right? The, the, the ability to do that is out there. Deep fake photos too. So be very careful of what could be fake accounts from people friending you um, or connecting with you. Don't reveal personal information on a social media platform. That's not the place to message. Here's my phone number, call me. You know, get offline for that. Um, there's a current scam going on. service message about it. Uh, people are meeting on all different kinds of websites socially. Older singles who are just finding, you know, another older single that they start enjoying communicating with. Typically the person claims to be a professional working abroad. Oh, yeah, I'm from Jacksonville, but I'm in Milan doing whatever, whatever right now. And you start chatting. And you enjoy that great conversation. It's some social interaction in your life. It goes on. They establish a relationship and they plan a one-on-one -on -one meeting with you. It's kind of fun to meet in person. I'm going to fly home when we got there. Um, but because I'm in Milan, my money's kind of tied up. Would you mind getting the ticket? Would you mind sending me the money? And they don't do it right away. They do it after several months of really building a relationship. So this is a current common problem that's being combated. Be aware of it. Uh, we all like our phone games, right? A lot of problems coming through those now too. The biggest problem comes if you don't get the game off of one of these sites. Apple Store, the Google Play, Microsoft. 
password manager has another, the question was if they get your phone, can they get in? It's what we just talked about. Certain apps on your phone have additional passwords, right? So the things that are not secure, they're going to get immediately. Anything that's additionally password protected, they now have to hack additional things. So, you know, there's a question as to how soon they can get to any of these things. Um, one of the things you want to do is that you want to check a lot of your default settings on your phone. Because even though they kind of say they're not doing it, seven out of 10 smartphone apps these days are sharing your data, unless you're proactively turning that off. So one of the things you're gonna do, like on an iPhone, you're gonna go to AirDrop, where you can share stuff and say, hey, only with my contacts, unless I proactively add someone who I'm trying to share with. On your Android, you're gonna, every once in a while, go to that nearby share, make sure you have those settings the way and then you're going to review your privacy settings. Your iPhone has something called location services. Click into that because then it lists every single app that is following where you are. And you can pro 
set the advertising ID in your Google settings, and on your Android ID, periodically go to reset the settings. That turns off all those advertising sharing of information. Okay, here's our extra credit. Thank you for sharing that. Those are the typical stories I've heard that LifeLock 
uh, will give you a certain amount of money if you've lost a lot of money. Like if he's underneath it all, it's a mini insurance policy, but they don't really do things to fix your problem. So um, I wouldn't call them a scam, but I will say you really, you know, you get as much monitoring paying for a membership on one of the credit services that's monitoring things. Um, and they really, they, they advertise themselves as protecting you for identity fraud. I've never heard them ever do anything to actually help someone who had an identity fraud problem. So I would be careful using them. sharing a, an experience, and you know, that's a good one. Why should we leave this here? Um, I hate to break it to all of you, but neither Apple nor Microsoft support knows or cares who you are. <laughs> so when you get a pop-up that, you know, this is Apple support, we saw this on your computer, or this is Microsoft, your laptop's been compromised, your computer's been compromised already. Uh, if you click it, it's only going to get worse. Um, I would recommend you take that computer to um, what is it, the Geek Squad at Best Buy and tell them what happened because they actually may need to scrub and reinstall everything on your computer. Because if you clicked anything, even though you rebooted, they've installed malware on your computer. So I'd like to uh, explain something that I, I got a note from Target.com. Uh, it happened to be a stockpile. want me to do uh, one of these uh, super shopper type things, checking their procedure. And when I agreed to that, uh, they sent me a, a certified check on a legitimate bank for $2,500. And they wanted me to buy uh, two 1,000 1000 uh, gift cards and one $500 gift card. And as soon as I gave them the numbers in the bank, they would send me a check for all of which seemed legitimate, okay? It was a real certified check, and I called Target to find out what this is all about. I got no information out of their fraud department. I took it to the bank. They said, yes, that is a certified check, but let me call the bank. Well, it was fake. So um, uh, you've got to be very careful because this, uh, they went to a lot of trouble of uh, producing certified, uh, real-looking certified they went to a lot of trouble. Thank you for sharing that, yeah. Um, you know, in general, I would say, because uh, I've been in this business a long time, no shareholder services does that. Um, but anyone, no matter how legit, suggesting you should go buy gift cards for any reason at all is not legitimate. You know, I don't care if it's the grandson who calls or it's a corporation you're affiliated with, uh, but there's no, there's no reason at all other than to launder money or for a scam type um, situation. So thank you for sharing that one and helping us all avoid it. I can't say that the geek, geek squad at um, in, in 
upset with your own that that's fishing, because it's clearly not for Geek Squad, right? But they have done a great job making the email look like it. Just for fun, the next time you get that, do the right click on the email address, and you'll see where it's really coming from. You know that it's fraudulent. Um, you can imagine legitimate businesses, how hard they work to fight this, and they can't shut it down. I mean, everyone you get that looks like a bank email, a Geek Squad, a Target, whatever they are, those corporations have pulled apart their fiscals all the time trying to fight this stuff. It should be PayPal has a phishing website, Amazon has a phishing website, American Express has a phishing website, because they do actually do some investigative work to try and eradicate it. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. Why wouldn't they? You know, it's, it's, it makes them look bad. Well, thank you. Thank you all. I encourage you to come up and, and get these handouts. I, I'm sure this last hour and a half was a little overwhelming, but I hope you all walked out with nugget or two of something you realize you can and should do differently um, to be more safe and more secure. Uh, you know, this is constantly changing. I've been giving this program, oh, probably about eight years now, seven or eight years, but the presentation itself is, you know, completely different than it was seven or eight years ago. So we all know this stuff is just changing so fast. We try really hard to keep on top of it, but you heard from your peers here, even newer ones, Again, we just want to thank Liz for coming and, um, and enlightening us to frauds and scams that we need to be aware of. Um, and um, we just, um, just need to keep that in mind um, each day, what we're doing. So let me go ahead and pray for us, and then we will. Oh, and there are coffee and cookies over there, too. Um, so please um, enjoy those. Um, dear Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for this opportunity to lessen our risk of being um, caught by a fraud or scam unaware. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, you told us to be as gentle as doves, but you also told us to be as wise as serpents. And um, that is to be aware of our environment um, and to um, be planning and thinking ahead um, to protect ourselves from these types of things. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and insight as we try to um, disseminate this um, information and to use it um, as to the best of our abilities, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you would protect us and that you would help us uh, to make good decisions. And Father, we just pray that you would bless Liz. We just thank you for her time.